Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Brand and Beyond podcast. As always, your host, Chris, joined, as always, by my co-host, Peace. And today, have an absolutely unbelievable episode. Uh, really one of the leaders in his space right now. Um, a very, very special founder, the one and only founder and CEO of Thinkable, Arun Segal. Arun, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Chris, Peace, so great to be with you. I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on today. Of course, of course, of course. So, if you could, please give the audience a little quick pitch and a little bit more about Thunkable and just overall a little background on yourself and how you got to this point. Absolutely. So Thunkable is a no-code platform to build native mobile apps. So for folks who have ideas, whether it's how to solve problems within their businesses or within their communities or you know within, within the globe, if, if you see an issue and you ever thought, hey, if only there was an app for that, Thunkable is enabling you to create that app and, and solve that problem. And it's it's incredible to see. We've had over three, three and a half million folks at this point build apps on our platform across the globe um, in, in, you know, solopreneurs with cool ideas to folks in Fortune 500s uh, who have, you know, big ideas to, to, to transform their businesses, their products, their operations, and uh, to, to kids in schools who are learning how to code. And it's it's uh, it's such a treat to be able to build the platform that's enabling the next generation of software uh, to be built. My background is that I, I started actually as a as a computer scientist, as a researcher, studied uh, at MIT, did my undergrad and graduate work there, um, where I really focused on building tools that made it easy for people who didn't know how to code to code to build software solutions. And so we built a number of really interesting tools for non-coders to become coders. And, and that culminated in the predecessor to Thunkable that we then took out of the classroom and turned into a company. Um, before I had uh, been been working on Thunkable, I had been uh, a mobile app developer and engineer and built a number of um, large education apps, et cetera, that, that other folks uh, listening have, have probably used. And so really, when I decided to start the company came from the fact that I had been a mobile engineer. I had been building mobile apps and it was really hard to build really high quality native mobile apps. Um, testing was really hard, uh, working offline, plugging into hardware, all these things that um, felt to me relatively um, straightforward on the web were way harder on mobile. And so we said, wouldn't it be really great if you could make a tool that anyone, even, you know, even kids could use to build mobile apps. And so that really was the genesis uh, for Thunkable. And, um, it's like I said, incredibly exciting today to see how we've powered, you know, three and a half million creators globally to create um, solutions to the most pressing issues that they see. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, Thunkable has seen immense success. Um, you know, kind of diving right into it, raised over thirty million, just recently raised thirty million venture funding, and absolutely been making waves just in the no-co space and no-co community. Um, so really with having to hire great talent to get to this point, could you really walk us through the early stages of finding talent and building culture versus what it's like today? The whole success, I think, behind any company is, is, is its team, is its people, right? At this point, um, we're in a, we're in a world where lots of people have ideas. Ideas aren't that unique anymore. And it's really about, um, the execution. It's about the details and, Really, that all comes from the people behind it. And so, you know, one of the things I'm most proud about with Thunkable is, um, is the team that we've built. I think we've built an incredible team that I'm super excited to wake up 
every day and work with and collaborate with. To to build that team, I think when you start, you know, it, it changes over time and phases. In the early days, really, it was um, finding people who we knew within our networks who would take a bet on us. Because in the early days, we didn't have much of a product. We didn't have, you know, we, we, had, we had launched kind of a very basic product, myself and my co-founder way. We had been building this, um, like I said, at, at, at grad school at MIT and then and then um, took it out into into this company. And we said, OK, um, we need to get a few people who are going to get behind our vision. And so we raised a little bit of venture money, um, participated in Y Combinator, the incubator program, and then and then thought, OK, who are the kind of best folks that, that we can find? And obviously, it was in the early days, it was folks within our network. And so um, our earliest employees were uh, my sister. Someone who Wei had known from uh, from 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 an organization he he worked with um, uh, somebody who actually I had um, you know been working with at MIT a few 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 of our colleagues from MIT and so the early days were people who we thought about okay who are the smartest people that we know and that we've worked with and can we pull them um, into our orbit and, and convince them that that this is uh, something worth working on and I think. The joys of working on a tool like Thunkable, where you're really, you know, a mission-driven company that's saying, "Hey, we want to enable the next generation of of creators, of change makers, etc." Um, I think a lot of folks could get behind that vision. And what was really cool about our early um, employees were they were all entrepreneurs in some in some form before joining Thunkable, who had ideas, who wanted to solve problems. Uh, a handful of them had actually even built apps with Thunkable. The the first person who we hired, who we didn't know at all was somebody who had actually been one of our earliest Thunkable users. And he was so actively building apps on Thunkable, contributing to our community, and just being an incredible evangelist uh, of the product. And we said, wow, this guy is incredible. And we messaged him one day. We said, hey, man, like, what are you what are you doing? He's like, oh, I found Thunkable. You know, he's one of the first, let's call it 20 users or so of the product. And he said, I love it. It's such a game changer for me and for the people I work with. And, you know, I'm so excited to contribute in any way I can. And we said, well, this is incredible. You know, you're doing this um, with so much of your time. How would you like to join the team and, 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 and come on full time? And he said, wow, like this is something that I do with all of my passion and all my heart and all my love. And now I get to pay to do this. How incredible, right? And I think so in the early days, it was, it was really finding those true believers, either people who knew us and believed in us or people who knew and had used the product and really believed in it. As, as, you, as you scaled, I think things um, changed in a few ways. One, it wasn't just now people that myself and my co-founder knew, but we started bringing on folks that our teammates knew. And they said, oh, I have, you know, I have a really smart friend who I've worked with before. I'd love to bring them on. Great. And, and then it started being that we'd put content online. We'd start getting users um, who, who had found our blogs, our materials. And more than that, um, we kept getting users of the product, people who use the product, love the product, and then came to us. Um, and, uh, you know, contributors to, we have, you know, an open source project, um, that exists and contributors to the open source, um, project who would, uh, who would, who would come to us and say, Hey, I'm contributing to this project and I'd like to, to join. So it's really just a broad set of folks in our community, um, who early days, um, were coming to us. And then as we grew, eventually, you know, we hired a recruiting team. Um, but one thing that was key to us was really maintaining, um, that, that, that culture. And so, as we've grown and we've brought in more people who weren't necessarily directly in our community, we've made sure that there's always an interview. Um, that's what we call, you know, kind of the social panel where you're just talking to folks who are not going to be in your department, not in your organization, but just people on the team who you'll work with and make sure that 
you you guys just you know get along and you can cro- talk cross functionally um, and cross disciplinarily, and that's super important. And then um, at least to date. Everybody who comes to Thunkable still has a conversation with myself and my co-founder way before um, they get an offer. And that to us is also really important because we want to make sure that you um, hear from us directly about the company and the culture, but also that you see that we're invested in every single person who joins the team and that no one is just coming to Thunkable to be you know, a small piece of some part of the organization. If you're coming to Thunkable, you're going to be working directly with the co-founders. You're going to be working with the people who um, who you need to to make it happen because at, at an early stage startup it's still you're still such an important part no matter what role you play um, in setting the culture and so that's something that's that's so important to us and that we're really um, really excited about when we hire somebody new on the team and we say hey this person is going to be a cultural leader in the company and this is somebody who really understands who we are um, and is excited about the mission and the vision and the people here. And so as we've grown over time, the way we've brought people onto the team has changed. But that kind of fundamental, are you a member of the Thunkable team? Are you a Thunkable type of person? Do you have the right um, passion and drive and motivations? Um, That I think has stayed consistent. And that's something that I'm uh, really excited about. How did you go about choosing the type of culture you wanted, especially in the early stage, right? So speaking with a couple of founders, We've heard, you know, all kinds of things. Like we allowed our our first team members to help cultivate culture. We've heard uh, executives say, "No, we believe it's a top down culture." Of course, we're not here to say what's right and what's wrong. But how would you describe, you know, your thinking in the early stage in terms of culture? Were you very intentional about it? Did it just happen? Understanding that clearly, you guys focused on, you know, your early creators. How would you describe that process? That's a great question, and I think. It, it really ends up being kind of a hybrid of a number of these things, right? So one, I think whether or not um, you're intentional, just based on the early folks you have, that that's who people are going to emulate. If you look at, you know, you can take any team. If you look at our engineering team and how they write code, as new people come in, they look at that style of writing code and that and that's the style they follow. How do we write tests? That's, that's kind of the style they follow. How do we make decisions as we grow the team? They look, well, have you made decisions in the past, right? So I think naturally there's a lot that just comes from, you know, the earliest kind of team members. Um, naturally, people look to them when seeing how has the company already operated. That being said, I think there are a number of things that you can be and we were very intentional about. For example, we believed that the success of our product was going to lie in the success of our creators. And so early days, we invested a lot of time in the folks that we call thunkers, people who use Thunkable, right? And we invested a lot of time in in the thunkers and, and making sure that we had, you know, the ability to chat with and talk to and support, you know, anybody who was coming in in the early days. Um, we built a community forum very early on, um, which still exists at community.thunkable.com, where people were coming into the community, asking questions, interacting with each other, sharing with each other. Um, we made sure that we, including myself, you know, probably responding to multiple customer support tickets every single day um, in, uh, in, the, in the first few years. I think I am still the number one reader and consumer of content uh, on our on our community forum. If you just look at stats of how many posts has any person read, I think I've read more than anyone else. And that's because it was really important to us that we were always listening to and understanding um, what our thunkers 
um, needed, wanted, what they were excited about, what was working for them, what wasn't working for them. And so that was something that was very intentional that we said, hey, we want to make sure that we are always a customer centric company, that we are always listening to our customers. And so we set up things like a community forum, like a chat interface um, and an email support system and all that stuff in the very, very early days so that um, we were actually able to act upon that. And we said, hey, we want to be a customer centric company. Well, great. Can we listen to our customers? What are the forums that we need to, to provide for that? So that's an example of some of the, the intentional things we did. Um, internal in the team, we made sure that, you know, the team every day, um, in the office, you know, in the early days while we were all in the same office, we ate lunch together every day, right? And that was a really nice way of us just saying, and lunch was intentionally not work focused. It was saying, come in, sit down, talk to each other, um, and just get to know your teammates, especially people who maybe aren't in departments that you're in. And today, still everybody who comes into, our office headquartered in San Francisco, whenever we're in, we still eat lunch together every day. That trend has continued, even as we've expanded to other offices and things like that, because that's something that we felt was really important, that you also had kind of um, personal relationships with the folks that you work with. And so there are some of these things that we were really um, intentional about in addition to, uh, in addition to uh, you know, the things that I think naturally evolved. Um, to give you a, a few other things about kind of, our culture today and how it's how it's scaled, right? We're as I, as I mentioned, we're we're rapidly growing. We've got you know a bunch of people in number of different countries at this point. Um, and while we're headquartered in San Francisco, we have a global um, user base and we also have a, a global company. Um, and so as we started to grow, we definitely had to think about how do you how do you scale the 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 culture when you're not just all in the office and seeing each other and interacting with each other. And so that was something that was really um, important to us and, and, and something that we, we had to actively think about. So there were a few things that we did. One, I talked to you about um, the early days of, of a lot of the folks who, who, who worked at Thunkable were actually Thunkable users. And so we said, wait, everyone should be a Thunkable user. So as part of that, um, any new person who joins the company, we ask them to build an app and show it off. And we do monthly demo days for all the new folks, as well as folks internally who have been building apps on Thunkable um, and want to showcase their apps, right? And so that's been a big part is not only should we have a great forum for our customers, but we ourselves should be our customers. We should be using Thunkable as much as we can to build apps that we need internally and externally and having what we call um, Thunkable demo days are super important. Um, we do things like team offsites where we make sure that the team um, can all meet. The global team can meet at least once a year and then kind of individual teams, engineering, design, um, marketing, sales, customer success, et cetera, they can all meet you know, kind of more regularly. Um, we do, you know, weekly all team meetings where this was again a thing that evolved. Where in the early days, we didn't have all team meetings. We all just sat at one desk. It was easy. Then as we evolved, we said, hey, we should have at least weekly check ins, FaceTime while where everyone can see everybody, um, whether virtually or in person. Uh, and then lastly, we do, um, you know, two other things I'll point out related to the demo day. We also do these regular, what we call funkathons, which is just time to get people cross functionally who probably don't work together regularly building new ideas and creating um, new uh, new products uh, within Thunkable. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is we also make sure that, uh, and this was this was really, you know, kind of one very intentional thing we did around cultures. As every new person started, they have uh, a manager, obviously, and the manager works for them to rent them up. But we also assign them a buddy. And their buddy is not usually, their buddy is never their manager. And it's usually somebody who's not on their team. And it's someone whose intentional purpose is to be there and ramp you up on just being a good, Thunkable teammate, right? And so they're really there to be your supporter in 
helping you figure out how to how to do Thunkable right. Um, you know, what are the what are the kind of traditions we have? Um, what are the things that you need that are outside of your direct role, but that'll make you a great teammate? And those are those are just a handful of you know the many things that we do, but a few examples um, of the intentional things we've done around culture. So clearly, you guys practice what you pe- preach in terms of your product. You know, cultivating community around creators as well as you guys bring it internally, right? Whether in the early days, you know, eating lunch together to now it's, you know, sharing demo day experiences and broadcasting what you guys are doing outside of Thunkable. How would you describe the difference between sustaining culture internally versus the creators? Like, what is that pipeline like? Are you doing creative things similar to, you know, uh, offsites and, well, you can't necessarily ship all your creators into offsites, but like, what is like the equivalent for your creators in terms of cultivating community, growing community, and potentially, you know, leading them to water in terms of, hey, there may be an opportunity here within Thunkable, which is what you've done in the past. Definitely something that that we think about. When we talk about community, again, when we talk about culture, it's not just within Thunkable. It's within the whole Thunkable ecosystem. It's of our um, our Thunkable creators. It's it's to make sure that they're giving the best experiences to their users of their apps. It's making sure that the partners who are integrated on the Thunkable platform, we integrate with a number of different partners, making sure that those partners, um, you know, are, are, are supporting us and supporting our, our users and our community in the way that we want it to, to be. So to do that, there's, there's a few different things. One, um, as I mentioned, uh, the community forums, right? We, we, we've made a forum, uh, and really have a bunch of different kind of sub, 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 subgroups and subforums for different folks to be able to collaborate. So folks who are building, you know, product managers who are building apps, um, for their teams, they can all kind of collaborate. People in, you know, this country, pick a country, people in India or people in Canada or in the UK, they can, they can all kind of collaborate in the same area. Um, and what's been cool about that is people have then met and made WhatsApp groups off of that and made, um, signal groups and telegram groups and people have made all kinds of, um, different forms where, where they live. So we've kind of given, you know, the initial basis, um, for folks uh, to, to kind of have community and then let them kind of, uh, spin off in the way that's right for them. So that, that's one thing there. In terms of actually engaging, um, with our community, um, we do a number of things. One, we do, um, fairly regular, um, webinars where what we'll do is we'll actually bring together, um, us with one of our partners who we work with, and then we'll put on a webinar, um, and, and, and invite our users and take questions from them and have kind of, you know, a conversation with them. And so, Folks who are interested in different pieces of Thunkable in different, um, you know, integrations and partnerships that we work with, they have the ability to kind of come in and work with us and talk with us. Um, and then regularly we do, um, we have, uh, uh, you know, someone on our team who's really focused on just interviewing and talking together, talking to our customers and putting together customer stories um, and really helping our customers tell their stories, which uh, obviously, um, you know, is a really nice thing for our other users to see, but is also great to help our customers get their voice uh, out to an even larger stage. So if they built just an awesome app and they have an incredible story to tell, we love going and finding those stories. And whether it's a video interview or, or, or a blog write-up or something like that, putting it together and telling those stories. So I think these are, these are, these are, these are a number of things that we like to do. Really, you know, having the community, having them form their own sub-communities and helping our users tell their stories um, to the world. We get really excited when bunkers have just a, an awesome story to share. And then to, to the last point, a number of times what's happened here is we see, you know, users on our community forum 
they're responding to other users. They're, they're, you know, the thunkers are helping the other thunkers. They're, they're building content and just really engaging, um, with the community because they, they love the community. It, it's a part of who they are. It's a part of their identity. And eventually we, we say, wow, you know, to a number of these folks, you say, you're doing such an incredible job. We'd love to have you. How can we foster you doing this more? Um, and usually the answer is, I would love to do this more. Awesome. Well, we have a position for you and we'd love to hire you. And so, um, some of our absolute favorite hires are folks who have been Thunkable users, who have been a part of our Thunkable community, are folks who have launched apps to the public, um, and they've built on Thunkable, published their apps. And now we say, Hey, what you've done so successfully, we'd love for you to help enable the next million Thunkers to do. And, uh, and every time we've made that ask, um, the answer has been yes, because I think that's one of the, the most exciting things for a thunker to do is when they they are an individual thunker and then they realize that they can come join the team and help enable the next million thunkers out there. Wow, I mean, I think we just have to give a lot of kudos to Thunkable as a company. Obviously, extremely successful, but the community you've been able to cultivate from the product itself has clearly not only created opportunities for people for for employment, but on top of that, you you created these sub communities where I'd imagine. The relationships that these people are building are lifelong friendships and people that they'll treasure forever in their lives. And you have to show a lot of love, Thunkable, just more than just a software company, more than just a no-code tool. Um, so again, much kudos to, to you guys over there. Uh, so kind of speaking more about culture, but incorporating a little branding into it now. So culture and branding can be seen almost as cousins in a sense. Um, so how would you describe the relationship between good company culture and good employer branding? And does one equate to the other? And I think you're you're definitely right in that they are uh, they are cousins. I think you know you 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 usually have one, and it leads to the other. And I think I, I think that we've seen that. One of the biggest thing is is our, our people believe in the mission, and it shows. And I think when you have a company that has you know a really important mission and is doing something that's enabling um, enabling you know. The have-nots to become the haves. When you're bridging the the ever-growing digital divide, and when you're enabling folks in 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 countries and communities and and organizations all over the world um, to do more with what they have, and to no longer wait on, you know, the, there's there's this this crazy thing where a lot of problems have been be, being solved recently with software are solved by the software engineers who are working on them. And so it's not often the folks with the ideas, the folks with the problems that are um, being able to solve them because they don't have necessarily a technological skill to do that. And what we're saying is, hey, if you have an idea and you have a problem and you want to solve it, we'll give you the tools to do that. And that, I think, is just just so, so powerful. And so that really is, um, you know, it, it's the goal here. And, and because of that, uh, we just have an incredible set of people who are passionate about that. And so. By building the platform, we're enabling people to solve their own problems in their own communities that we as, you know, software engineers and others sitting in San Francisco don't even know about. Um, and so I think that is, you know, that is the first thing. You have, you know, good people working on a, really a, a problem worthy, worthy of their time. Given that, I think, um, that when you have good culture, it, it does, it's not the same as good employer branding, but it, it does lead to that. And, and, and here's why. As I said, some of the early, you know, early employees we brought on then said, Hey, I have these few friends and they're really awesome. 
And I've been talking about how fun it is to work at Thunkable and how awesome what we're doing is. And now they want to come work here. And then we've interviewed them and, and often we hire them because, you know, it's coming from someone who's amazing saying, Hey, I know someone else amazing. And that's awesome. Right. And, and then you see, you know, folks post on LinkedIn. Oh, congratulations on this. You know, excited about, you know, your new job. I really love working here and excited for you. And all of a sudden the word gets out, right? People start, um, start, start spreading the word. And I think that's been one of the, you know, the, the, that's been really important as, as more people work here and, and they enjoy working here. They tell their friends, they post online, they make videos that we share on LinkedIn, et cetera. And that helps, um, that helps our branding. And by, you know, by, by having then good branding, it leads to good people wanting to work at Thunkable with, which leads to culture leaders coming in, adopting our culture and growing it and expanding it. And, and it's a vicious cycle in, in the best of senses. And so I think, you know, you really, um, you know, you really need good culture to have good branding. And I think that kind of ends up becoming a, uh, you know, a kind of never ending, um, cycle. And I think, you know, the other thing I'll, I'll point out is again, because, um, our, our teammates are actually folks who um, were Thunkable users before they're that, that, that's one of my favorite things because they're able to bring in that culture and that community as being a Thunker, um, and bring that Thunker energy in to being one of the Thunkables, right? And as you can hear, everything's got a name. The team is the Thunkables. Our users are the Thunkers. The office is the Thunk Tank. We, we've got it all named. Um, and so, uh, and so, so by, by having that, that kind of overlap between our Thunkers and, 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 and folks who, who are part of, um, the Thunkables, I think that's, that's, that's just, that's so special, um, and, uh, and, and unique. And then I think, you know, one, one of the last things I'll point out is everyone on our team is just, um, is constantly learning, right? There, everyone is always pushing themselves internally. And that's, I think, how we, we expand uh, our minds and our culture. Um, we, you know, we have our engineers. They're always looking at what's the newest, hottest thing going on. You know, what's happening in AI, what's happening in, um, you know, cool new hardware capabilities on devices. And we're always encouraging them to learn so they can stay relevant. And so we can stay relevant. And so, um, we, you know, the way you maintain some of these things, like, our culture is very much one of a leading edge, breeding technology, breeding edge technology. And to do that, you have to have a culture of people who are always pushing themselves and innovating, et cetera. And I think that's something that, that we encourage. And then we kind of see, um, uh, we see as, 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 as when you look internally and you say, Hey, do you guys, have you guys worked on, worked with this new hardware and these new sensors? And the answer is, yeah, someone's played around with it. Someone's done it. And that's something that we, we really encourage and, and foster internally. And again, then in these, new areas in the in in communities around these new areas you see people who, who you see our our teammates talking and people then in the world are saying oh wow funkable guys are working on this new cutting edge technology they must they must be awesome and and so now again the the branding helps you know when you see somebody at funkable giving a talk on a stage about just an awesome new technology and how funkable's used it already and now folks say wow funkable's really on the cutting edge i want to be a part of that right so so this this culture of innovation leads us to go speak at, at conferences, which then leads people to see our branding and it, it brings it all back. And so it's really, um, you know, they are different things, but as you said, they're cousins and they're really um, beautifully related. Uh, I think if you have, you know, a good culture at the root of it, it'll lead to having good people who will go and spread the good word, which will end up uh, giving you good co co uh, company branding, which is uh, then going to give you good people. They'll help foster the culture and, uh, and it's the never ending uh, vicious cycle of, of awesome. I think you dropped a really important tip there, like almost speaking on like the unison branding. 
Thunkables, the Thunkers, the Thunk Tank, which I really like. That was my favorite too. Yeah, like I think stuff like that really resonates beyond, you know, the things you mentioned earlier, right? Which is the community building, the activity with, you know, blog posts, the activity with, you know, team members being on podcasts, right? I think all this, you know, works unisonly in terms of showcasing and maintaining culture as well as broadcasting that to the world via all these employer branding channels. Uh, I must ask, we spoke about it briefly, but introduce us uh, to the logo, the beaver. Where did that come from? Why the beaver? Uh, walk us through that thought process. That's a, that's a great question. Um, and to the question on intentionality versus, you know, accidents, like there was a lot of things we did early on with that was very intentional. Like we talked about the naming of everything and, you know, as I said, Thunk Tank, Thunkables, Thunkers, you know, our hackathons, the Thunkathons, right? Like we have so many um, Thunkable named things. Um, and, uh, and the Beaver was also very intentional. So in our minds, anyone should be able to, to create, create an app. Everyone should be able to be builders of the solutions that they, they want. And, uh, and what's cool about the beavers, beavers are nature's engineer, right? Any beaver can, can build a dam, right? Any beaver is born with that ability to take a complex idea and say, Hey, I want to actually change the, the water, change the ecosystem in this way. And they can go build the dam. They work together as teams and build these incredible, um, engineering feats, um, without having to get a PhD in civil engineering. And I think that's so cool. And, and similarly for us, we love the beaver that it represents this idea that anyone can be a builder. Anyone can be an engineer. Anyone can be a creator. And so our, uh, our, our mascot is this beaver, um, holding a smartphone. Cause obviously kind of mobile, uh, mobile is, is, is where, where we live and where we focus. And so. Um, the idea is that anyone can be uh, a beaver with a smartphone. They can be an engineer with a smartphone and actually, um, and actually not just be a passive consumer of technology of this phone they're holding, but actually be an active creator of uh, the technology that they have and the technology that they want. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I love when logos, uh, mascots, whatever it may be, have like a very interesting and like very intentional meaning behind it because. The beaver and thunkable. That's just in how you describe it. It's perfect, perfect analogy right there. Um, looking for those beavers saying anyone can build this, right? I uh, love that. So wanting to tap back into building and living your culture. So outside of thunkable, uh, you're actually a music conductor and we think this is just a great example of living your culture by showing your team that yes, I advocate for working hard at thunkable, but also it's important to maintain outside passions. It's, it's important to maintain other things that fulfill you. Um, so could you talk first, actually, what does music mean to you? And second, could you talk about what's that like balancing being the CEO and a music conductor? What does music mean to me? I think for me, music has always been kind of that, you know, there's there's the left brain, right brain always. And I've always liked having this kind of engineering and technology side balanced with music. Music to me has been a really beautiful release. It's something that um, I do a lot of improvisation and and it's something that, you know, I'm just so in the moment in, right? And it's not about thinking about, okay, where am I going to be in the future? It's I'm sitting here right now and I'm, I'm so engaged in the moment. Um, and actually, one of the reasons I love balancing um, conducting a, a symphony with, with running the company is like when I'm, you know, in conductor mode, I'm not worried about anything else. I'm just like, hey, you know, I'm conducting. I need my bassoons to come in right. I need the violence to have exactly the right tone. I'm, I'm working on kind of, such, you know, fine tuning, um, that that's really where my whole focus goes. And I, and I, and I, I appreciate that because that is actually, um, uh, people ask, you know, how do you do something else so intense? And for me, that's actually a way of relaxing because it's the thing that gets my mind 
uh, you know, to focus on something wholly different. If I'm watching TV, I'm still totally engrossed in working on Thunderbolt, right? And so that the way I actually get off of that is doing something else um, very intensely. Um, I, I actually, the nice thing though, is that I don't view them as like um, in conflict with each other. For me, I think becoming a better symphony conductor makes me a better CEO and vice versa. Um, at the end of the day, they are both leadership skills. They are both um, running organizations in real time. Um, as I often say, the musicians make the notes, I make the music, right? It's my job to take each of these individual parts and put it together. And the cool thing about being a conductor is on the day of the show, none of the music you hear and fall in love with comes from me. I am waving my baton around and the music all comes from the musicians, right? It's just my job to pull it out of them and tell the story in the way that I hope the audience hears it. Similarly, with, you know, being CEO of the company, you know, there's a point you get to where we have, just as we talked about today, an incredible team. And so we have leaders in engineering and design and product and marketing and sales and customer success. And so it's not my job to lead any one of these. It's to bring it all together and make sure we deliver, you know, the final product and final story in the right way. Right. And so what's really um, nice about these roles is they're very complimentary um, and uh, and they really um, and they really balance each other out. And and I think doing one really allows me to to kind of be better at the other. And then I think to the um, to the point you said on kind of living um, this idea of, hey, you know, I also, uh, even as the CEO, um, do do something else. I think it's super important that, you know, we're, we're a startup. We work super hard. We work a lot. Um, I work, you know, all possible hours of, of the day that I can. But I, I tell everyone on the team, you know, we're in this for the long haul, right? It's not, you know, in the first year, first two years, cool, you can just work all the time and, 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 and burn the candle on both ends. But at some point, um, if you want to do this for a long time and build a huge, incredibly sustainable business, you have to be um, doing things that rejuvenate you, that refresh you, um, and that uh, that that excite you and and reignite your passion in, in other ways. And so, I I tell everyone, make sure that you you do have something that 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 is a thriving life um, outside of work, because that will allow you to be better, smarter, faster uh, in the office. And 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 just as you said, I, I do the same. I say, hey, you know. I love uh, conducting my symphony and doing the music things that I do. And that allows me to come in and every day and be sharper, fresher, and, and, and better at doing my job at Funkable. So people want to work within companies or are looking for companies that are on the cutting edge of technology, right? So earlier you mentioned, you know, AI and the implementation, you know, within no code. How do you see the relationship between you guys being a no code tool versus AI and what those capabilities look like? And, uh, what would you say to you know people trying to get involved with Funkable, right? And what is the pitch to them saying, hey, look, AI is there. Yes, we're no code, but let us show you how we're looking at it differently. You know, AI and generative AI in general has been has been very talked about. And AI has been, you know, a thing for a long time. My graduate degree is in AI. And now you fast forward, you know, a while later and everyone's saying, oh, this new hot AI thing. It's been around for a while, but at this level, obviously nothing like we've ever seen before. And I think it came a lot faster than a lot of, a lot of folks were expecting. Um, what's really nice about where Gen AI is, um, today and AI in general is I view it as very complementary to, um, to no code tools. And I actually think it's going to be a real, uh, boon to a lot of no code users in the future. So, uh, I'll give you a couple things. So one, where we are today, if you build an app with Dunkable, you can already use 
Gen AI within your app. You can use Gen AI to generate images. You can have conversational chats um, with ChatGPT. Um, you can you can actually use um, use kind of AI capabilities already within your your app um, for your users to engage with. And I think that's um, been one of the most exciting launches that our users have seen, and and the adoption of of the AI capabilities we've launched has been just incredibly uh, overwhelming uh, in, in the best of ways. People have loved it and been using it thoroughly. Um, combine that with we have a whole host of other um, features outside of the Gen AI stuff, um, image recognition, text-to-speech, speech-to-text, um, all, 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 a bunch of different capabilities um, that, that AI uh, has been used for that's been um, really powerful and loved. I think another thing that we see um, people loving using AI for now is also helping them with all the other stuff. Hey, can you help me build a really good description um, that I can post on the Play Store, on the the Apple App Store um, that, you know, has words that are like this, that, you know, gives this kind of tone that will attract an audience like this. You can put that into um, something like a, a ChatGPT or Bard, et cetera, and, and you'll actually get um, really good responses and it'll really help you kind of with the, um, the, the surroundings and the marketing of your app. And I think as, as we go forward, what we're going to see and something we're definitely looking towards is how do you use AI to actually help you get started? Um, at the end of the day, you know, AIs aren't giving you 100% solutions yet, but what they are doing is giving you, hey, I want an app with Thunkable that can do X, Y, and Z that will look like this, feel like this, and have this capability. And if you can use that, all of a sudden getting started on a product like Thunkable becomes so much easier. And so I'm very excited about um, Gen AI basically helping solve the kind of cold start problem, right? If you take a totally different view, you look at uh, somewhere in the classroom, right? The hardest thing to do when you're told to write an essay is to write the first draft, right? Once you have the first draft, it's much easier to iterate on it, et cetera. Does that mean that word uh, editors are going to go away? No, it just means that you're going to have some help getting your first draft written, and then you're going to use the, the, the text editors to, to kind of make the iterations and the tweaks the way you want it to. I think similarly, um, we're now at a point where AIs can help you kind of generate the first version of your app, get you 70% of the way there, 80% of the way there. And then you can use the no-code tools to kind of make the, the final tweaks that you're going to want to make uh, to make it perfect. And so I'm excited about looking at the next year and seeing how um, AIs are really going to uh, change the way that we get started. Um, and I think no-code is going to be the thing that kind of takes you from that 70% to 100% of the way. And so I think it's a real boon for no-code users um, that allows them to get started um, quicker and then allows them to kind of finish the app uh, in the way that they want perfectly. And I think it's going to be um, a huge win for for not just Thunkable users, but uh, but the community at large. Yeah, I'm very excited, <clears throat> excuse me, to see, you know, what Thunkable does with AI in the future and how AI basically assists you in furthering your products, getting as many people to build apps as possible. I think it's very, very exciting. Aran, our final closing question for you. What are some companies and or leaders right now that you admire doing an absolutely great job of marketing and cultivating a really great culture similar to Funkable? That's a great question. I think um, at scale right now, I'd say, you know, probably at scale, I think um, Adobe, Shantanu Narayan, CEO there, I think he's done a, an amazing job. I think you talk to folks there um, about kind of working there and you look at him as a CEO and I think just he's done a really good job taking kind of a long kind of, you know, older company in, in you know, by Silicon Valley, you know, 
new startup standards um, and, and really kind of um, keeping it um, going really strong. And, uh, and people who I know who are there are excited about it. I think that's been, uh, that's been, you know, just a great company with great culture. Um, I think um, there are a number of, you know, I will say for a long time, I haven't spent much time at Google anymore, but I, I was at Google um, some time ago. And I think in the early days, just they did an incredible job. Um, you know, Larry and Sergey, as well as Eric Schmidt, of just uh, fostering a culture of just amazing um, uh, collaboration, amazing kind of innovation, et cetera. And I think, um, you know, that was a place early, early days that that did a really good job. Um, and I think there are just, you know, there, there, there. I, I think it changes over time with leaders, um, and and especially with the people who are at that company. Um, but I think, you know, those are at least a couple that that come to mind now of of you know kind of large companies at scale. Um, and obviously, you know, I've, you know, worked really hard to, to make sure that with our team that Thunkable is, you know, equally in that list of places that people come to and talk about as just amazing cultures and, 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 and amazing organizations that people are excited to work at. 100% for sure. I think what it's all centered on Thunkable will 100% be in that same area code as all those great companies. Um, Aran, you've been absolutely fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. If you could, where can people find you to learn more about yourself, more about Thunkable and whatever else you'd like to plug? Absolutely. I would love for everyone here, please check out Thunkable. It's, it's, uh, if you're hesitant, it's free to get started. It's easy to use. Go there, sign up, thunkable.com. Go ahead, sign in, create an account, um, and play around with it and, 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 and see, um, what you can do. Cause you'll probably surprise yourself. I love hearing folks who are like, I never thought I could do it. I was so hesitant to do it mm. for so long. And then I said, you know what? I need something. Let me at least try out Thunkable. And they do. And they end up building amazing apps that have millions of followers that are generating uh, crazy amounts of revenue for them that have, you know, solved problems in their communities and their countries, et cetera. And I think it's, you know, in their companies and said, Hey, you know, I'm at this large company now and I'm in a non-technical role, but now I have the power of, of mobile apps and technology within my organization. And so I think that's super exciting. And I'd love for you to try it out. Go to Thunkable.com. Check out Thunkable on, on all the socials. Um, we're just at Thunkable everywhere. Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Um, check it all out. You can find me. I'm also on all these places. I'm easy to find. Uh, AK Seigel on Twitter. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and please uh, follow me there and, and, and check things out. And if you, you like what you heard today, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to Thunkable directly or, or DM me on Twitter and, uh, and I'll be excited uh, to chat with you more and, uh, see what you thunk up next. Well, you heard him, ladies and gentlemen. Go get on Dunkable. Go build a mobile app. Um, you can tell by his excitement how great this company is. So please go check him out as well. And to everyone listening to the Brand of Beyond podcast, thank you very much. And until next time.